0: It was funny, actually. I was with my fiance in the car when we drove past a salon, and I said, you know, I want to tell you something I've never told anybody. And he said, what? And I was, said, you know, I look in the salons, and I, I want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I want to be that person behind the chair. and
1: Go for it! <laughs> yeah. yeah, hi everybody. Now. Welcome back to the Shop Talk podcast, brought to you by One Two Four Go. I'm your co-host Chris Suleiman and as usual, sitting here with my great friend Mister John Palmer, and we we have a great conversation lined up today. And we're doing this. I'm really excited because two weeks in a row, we've decided to not bring anybody in from the outside. We talk about this all the time. We work with a really bitchin' group of hairstylists at all levels. Um, we've got people that have been around the company for you know close to 30 years or more. Mm-hmm. And we've got a cosmetology school in which people come out of and graduate up through. Mm-hmm. And we obviously bring people in from outside of that flow of folks as well. And Stevie, who is joining us today- Hello is one of those people that we met actually at a recruiting event. You were going to the Aveda Cosmetology School. You were a student. That's right. Um, just a few years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Right? Yep. And you happen to be here shooting a video today, a really great vivid or fashion color hair video. That Thank you. I can't wait to see finished. Um, but it came across our radar that you might be a great person to bring on because... The reality is, is that most hairstylists don't reach their potential. I mean, that's just the reality behind the chair. And also, in the first few years in the business, it can be difficult. There are some struggles that come along with that. And you've just completed around your second year with us. Mm-hmm. You're growing really at, at a fast, I would say. I've watched your work on Instagram just get really good, really fast. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And I know that behind that there's work. And I know that not every pretty picture has the pretty story behind it, right? There are some times where you're like freaking out at the shampoo bowl. Of course. Is this gonna come out, right? Is this gonna that? But nevertheless, you're so in the process of those first few years and you have a professional background life prior to ever getting into cosmetology that we thought there were a lot of interesting and very relevant topics that we could cover talking with you. And so, um, you know, with that said, we're, we're juiced up to get into this conversation. And, and so I know, isn't that beautiful? John yeah. just pulled up, for those of you who can't see uh, one of Stevie's fashion colors that she does. What's Stevie's Instagram handle?
2: It's Stevie Carter under.
1: I said it with a New England accent. Yeah, yeah. Stevie Carter underscore hair. Stevie Carter underscore hair. So, mm-hmm. if you're listening, please give Stevie a follow. Uh, it'll be well worth it. She's you know doing great work. Um, but why don't we go ahead and get into the conversation?
2: Well, my. Favorite place to start, as everybody knows, is I like to know how people got into the industry and, you know, why hair? Why why this path?
0: So crazy path to get here. Um, when I graduated high school, I thought about doing hair and I had actually toured the Aveda Institute mm-hmm. when I was 18 years old. Uh, but at the time, I had a friend who was in EMS. She worked on an ambulance, and I thought, hair or EMS? And at the time, I decided EMS because it seemed really cool. One of my mm-hmm. friends was doing it. So I went and got my EMT license instead, which led to a 10-year career in EMS. So I worked on an ambulance. I managed a dispatch center. I went to the billing office. From there, I went back to college and got my master's in business, and then I went to uh, work for like a more corporate company. Mm -hmm. Um, And after a few years in corporate life, I realized this just wasn't doing it for me. I needed a creative outlet. And I never, even after almost 15 years, I never stopped wanting to do hair. So I finally, I had sold a house and I had a little nest egg. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go to the Aveda Institute where I toured when I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So I drove myself down there, signed up for school, and here I am.
2: You know, what I find most interesting about your story is not only did you go back to do something that you fell in love with a long time ago, but you actually got a master's degree in business. I did. Like, who does that? <laughs> who do- I don't <laughs> who even <does> know. <laughs> um, let me ask this, and obviously there's more to it. How's that master's doing? Meaning, do you find a place for that in your in your career now? And We'll talk more about that, I think, as we go along.
0: Well, that was something that appealed to me about uh, the salon group Mm -hmm. is that there's a lot of opportunity for hair and business. So Mm -hmm. I can use both sides of my brain, but it certainly helped me look at, you know, target markets and insights and, you know, marketing was a huge part of Mm -hmm. my studies. And so I've been able, I think, to build a pretty decent clientele, like a fairly large clientele, pretty quickly Mm -hmm. because I'm familiar with marketing. Um, And I do have a big customer service background. So I kind of used all of my experience from the past Mm -hmm. behind the chair in whatever way
2: I can. I want to know what it was about hairdressing that made you um, fall in love with it the first time. Let me start with that.
0: I mean, I think a lot of hairdressers have this story, but I grew up butchering my little brother's hair because I thought I knew what I was doing. Mm Um, he's, I'm the reason he had to shave his head before his first date ever, (laughs) just because I thought he needed a haircut. Um, and it's just something that's always been an interest of mine and a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. I, I can't really draw, I can't paint, I can't sing, but I can do hair. And it's something, it's a way for me to have a canvas for my creativity.
2: And was that something that as time went by, you decided X number of years later, you know what, I really need that in my life.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would drive by salons. And it was funny, actually, I was with my fiance in the car when we drove past a salon. And I said, you know, I want to tell you something I've never told anybody. And he said, what? And I said, you know, I look in the salons and I want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I want to be that person behind the chair. And he said, really, like, why, why would you not tell me that? And I said, I don't know. I'm just kind of embarrassed because I've been through school so many times. You know, I have my EMS license. I have a bachelor's. I have a master's. And now I'm going to throw it all away and go to hair school like i felt ridiculous but he said you know you only live once you need to be happy so he you know helped me schedule an appointment drove me to aveda and got me signed up so
1: that's a guy you marry
2: yeah
0: i (laughs) am going to he's been the best support system um
1: and he has really cool hair
0: he does have cool hair he has way better hair than i do
2: um when, the first time around, because I think this sometimes influences people, the first time around when you were thinking about going to hair school, what support, how did your family feel about it? What was their their reaction when you were thinking about this?
0: My family is very open and supportive. My parents just say, do whatever it is that makes you happy. So mm-hmm. I've never had any kind of negative pushback from them. Even when I said, hey, I'm going to go to hair school. like. Am mm-hmm. I ridiculous? And they said, No, go, go, be happy. Mm-hmm. My dad's mantra is Go see things and do weird stuff. You know, they just mm-hmm. want us, me and my brother, to just go out and experience the world. And so, when they learned that this was something that I wanted to do, they were fully supportive. Um, when I was a teenager, it was, you know, if you want to go to college, go to college. If you want to join the military, do that. If you want to go into EMS or hair, do that.
1: Just make a decision. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that career confidence has been helpful for you, probably in more ways than we could even quantify. If you had entered the salon industry younger, because you are new, Mm -hmm. which is what I love about the fact that we're having this conversation, what would be advice you would give to your younger self if you had go ahead and taken that step back then?
0: I wouldn't change anything about my path. Uh, I remember walking into Avada at 18, and I was overwhelmingly intimidated. Mm-hmm. And I think that I just wasn't ready. Um, it just seemed like a world that maybe I didn't belong in or wasn't ready for. But you know, I could go do the thing that my best friend was doing, and that was easier because you know I had somebody to give me some guidance along the way. So honestly, I don't think I would go back and change anything. But if I had to offer one piece of advice, it would you know, be believe in yourself, have some confidence. But I think that's also something that comes with a bit of age.
2: And so the, I think that confidence is such a big part because not only is that uh, a bridge you have to cross when you get to hairdressing school, but then you got to get out, right? And you got to find a job. And again, you know, you're going to be competing against people who are just getting out of hair school. They're 18, 19, maybe 20 years old, right? And I think there's a level of confidence that has to come with that, right? Starting with hair school, you know, what I mean. You must have walked in, saw all these people, and were like, yeah, "Am I am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing?"
0: I did feel like that. Mm-hmm. I knew I was in the right place, and I knew I was doing the right thing, and I was happy to be where I was. Mm-hmm. But I was certainly one of the older students, not the oldest. Mm-hmm. But definitely one of the older people. Uh, but I do think it helped me having a professional background mm-hmm. because I knew, you know, as you start to take clients in school, I have the ability to talk to clients on a level that maybe somebody who's eighteen year eighteen years old did not. Right. Um, I I feel like I just have a confidence now as a thirty seven year old that I did not have as right. an eighteen year old, and coming into the salon, you know, every day, even though I am new, I think sometimes clients will feel like I've been doing this for 15 years or so mm-hmm. because of my age. Right. So they just have this kind of built in confidence in me um, versus maybe somebody who's a bit younger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes I, at first I would think, am I too old for this? Am I crazy for changing my career? Is this totally ridiculous, but I'm finding it's more of an advantage than anything else.
2: You decided to leave school. You met Chris. He talked you into joining us. He did. <laughs> so you're at Salon 124, our Genesis location. What were some of the things that you kind of learned quickly? When I say learned quickly is we always have these expectations, right, of what it's going to be like when we get in the door. Mm-hmm. And yet when we get to wherever that place is, reality is sometimes a little different. If there was a separation between reality and what you thought was going to happen, what were some of those those differences? Well,
0: I thought coming in initially, I would just be ready to go and completely confident and, you know, no nerves whatsoever. And to be honest, I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> I thought, do I belong here? You know, should I be in a salon? What am I doing? I forgot how to cut hair. And mm. I was extremely nervous. But, you know, a couple days, couple weeks in, I would find myself settling into what I'm doing. Mm. Um, I was you see hair salons and things portrayed on TV and movies and it can be catty or whatever. And I was afraid it might be like that. And it's not at all. I Mm -hmm. feel like the women that I work with are like my sisters. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be happier there. Um, And another big thing that I've learned is that the front desk staff and the support staff are absolutely crucial to Mm -hmm. getting anything done. Um, So, you know, just having appreciation for them as well. Mm-hmm. They they work super hard, and so I try to take good care of them and help them when I can. Right. Um, I think, especially in this company, it's such a teamwork kind of atmosphere, mm-hmm. which I love. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect it to be like that, right. and it is, so I'm happy.
2: Now, how long you been at Genesis now?
0: Uh, so August will be two years.
2: All right, so in less than two years, mm-hmm. right? Year and a half, you're already level three. Yes. Tell us, What are the things that we need to know as a new stylist or as a stylist starting out in school that helped you progress so quickly? Because that's, you know, to be honest, 18 months, three levels, that's pretty dang quick.
0: Well, I will say one of the first things I did was get to know my coworkers, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: build that relationship. relationships are crucial because if you need advice, you need help, whatever you need somebody to go to, to ask questions. Fortunately, I I feel like I'm a people person. I enjoy building relationships, but it's essential to your success. Uh, So one of the first things I did, I built relationships and then I would ask advice. I would say, hi, you know, how did you get to be a level five? What is your advice for me? And one of the women I work with, Michaela, actually, she told me work as much as possible, say yes to everything, Mm -hmm. just, you know, churn out the work. And so that's what I did. I would work five, six days a week for almost a year, nine, 10 hour days, say yes to everything, no matter how much you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because after a while, you'll see that payoff. If you're always available, Mm -hmm. meaning early in the morning to late in the evening, get those clients that can't come in to an appointment at 2 p.m. Stay late so you can get somebody after they get off work. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody is able to just come in in the morning or on a weekend or whatever. So be that stylist that's available. Um, and I, I promise you, if you put in the work, it will pay off. You know, at this point, I don't have to work five and six days a week. I generally do four, nine to 10 hour days, which mm-hmm. is my preference. I prefer to do it in yeah. long hours and a couple of days. Um but you have to work hard and and say yes if the front desk needs you to take a client say yes if it's you know, a bang trim, if it's whatever, say yes.
1: Mm-hmm. I was just going to say bang trim in the words flat, like, yeah. like people say no to bang trims. Mm-hmm. No, oh, say yes. A bang trim out front. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I don't want to take them.
0: Because you know what right. a bang trim does? It allows you to have face-to-face interaction. You put a client in your chair. Mm-hmm. You get to talk to them. You can talk about their hair needs, whatever. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you might have them booked for a haircut or a hair color. Right. And it's off of, a, you know, four-second bang trim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's I don't care how much I may not feel like doing mm-hmm. something, It's I know in the long run that it's gonna pay off.
2: I wanna back up for just a half a second because I wanna get back to the rapport building, that's the word I'm gonna use, that you decided to go on that journey with your coworkers. I wanna know more about why you thought that was, because that was the first thing you said.
0: For me, I- and it may come from the years that I spent in EMS mm-hmm. and you feel like you live at work. <laughs> yep. um, but you spend a lot of time at work and you spend a lot of time with your coworkers and it's essential to me in my opinion to get Mm -hmm. to know these people you don't have to be best friends with everybody but you need to have at least some form of relationship built to where you know and it's not just if you need something but i wanted to be able to ask more seasoned stylist questions and also like if they need help with something i wanted them to feel like they can come to me even if it's hey can you handle a blow dry can you do whatever it is Mm -hmm. you know i want that relationship of a a give and take and help each other out great and i think that's super important
2: Continuing down the list of, hey, tell me what are the things I need to do to be successful that you've learned. You know, um, building rapport with your team, saying yes to everything, being available. What else would you add to that list?
0: I would say learn. I don't know if this is an inherent skill or something that you learn, but learn how to read the room, meaning learn how to read your client. So take a look at your market that you're in. What kind of people are coming into the salon, like how that would determine like how I dress for work, how I present myself for work. We live in, or we work in a very nice area, Mm -hmm. you know, so I want to dress the part. I want people to feel like they're coming to a professional hairstylist. Mm -hmm. So coming to work every day, looking like you're a hairstylist and you're somebody that a client would want to touch them mm-hmm. is really important. I've actually had clients say to me before in school and here that they're glad that I am their stylist because they like the way my hair looks or they like my clothes or they like my makeup. I'm put together. Mm-hmm. So that really does matter. Mm-hmm. And know I think it's important to not look like you just rolled out of bed, come to work prepared.
1: And I want to say, add to that because, because I, you know, if I'm not in the room with you right now, I can't see you, Stevie. You have groovy hair and you oh, and you have, you. Gro- you know, you don't, so you're not, you don't have to dress like a prom queen if you're not a prom queen. No. Like you have an edgy sort of a professionalism going, but whatever it is, it sounds like you're saying be on purpose with it. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. So whatever it is, your look is, just make sure it's, like you said, purposeful, put together, you look like you're ready to work. You're look, mm-hmm. You look like you're ready to be, the face of the beauty industry, because that's what you are to a client. They're coming to you for advice on their hair. You need to look like you know what you're talking about.
2: Right. I love that. And I think that's always a challenge because I think sometimes we get stuck in the idea, well, I do good hair. That should be enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and the short answer is from I'm hearing, it's not. It's not. Right. It's not. Yeah. Um,
1: so one of the things that I've noticed that you do is you have gotten in the social media game as a marketing tool. Um, You know, you're not the most famous stylist on Instagram or anything crazy like that, but you actively uh, take pictures of your work, you post it. First question, because I don't know the answer, has that helped your business grow? Have you, has there been a noticeable referrals from it or how do you, how are you using that tool?
0: So it's absolutely been helpful. For me, I found Facebook was not as helpful, but Instagram has been a fantastic tool for me. And I like it, too, because it's mainly photos, you know, Mm -hmm. or you can post stories. So I get a lot of engagement from my clients and also people who are interested in my work. I've gotten, I would say, more than 10 clients come to see me off of Instagram alone. Um, And from them, referrals, their friends will come see me. So it's been a really useful tool. Um, I also like to use it to do little fun things like giveaways or... Questionnaires or whatever it is that drives engagement. Because mm-hmm. if you have people interacting with you, then they remember who you are. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. W- was there a learning curve for you to pick that up? Was, you know, a, okay, and here's where I'm framing my question. A lot of seasoned stylists, I was actually in a very interesting conversation the other day with a new stylist that was growing and a veteran stylist that were growing, both trying to develop their clientele. Mm-hmm. Specifically, neither of them wanted to do the Activity that was working for the other, Mm -hmm. and after listening to both of them, Mm -hmm. I kind of came to the conclusion that they didn't have to. Mm -hmm. That you know, if if you're somebody who's comfortable talking to people and doing it the old school way, where you ask for a referral and they do that, and I said if that works for you, then great. And for the the younger person who was more comfortable in the digital world, I said. "Um, It sounds like you have a strategy to get referrals for that, and that's great. You should run with that. And I'm starting to see it that way now. And I don't know if I'm right, but
2: I think it it all depends. You know, uh, there's great value into your comfort level and killing it in that right. field right right so here's the thing if you can pass out referral cards and have those conversations with your guests and get five six seven, eight, ten new customers a month right because you're killing it with referrals do it exactly if you're gonna be the person that gets 5, 10 you know 15 20 new clients from Instagram, Great, exactly. do it, but pick one. Pick one. yeah. Right, don't you know, avoid the don't idea. Don't avoid the idea them. of, it. well, that's too much work. Well, it may be. Right. Then do something else.
1: So now what I want to I ask about your learning curve there, and maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe you just natived and jumped right into it.
0: I think uh so I would be called, I guess, an elder millennial. Yeah.
1: Grandma, grandma millennials
2: millennial we, call them. we call it. Yeah. Grandma. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> grandma millennials.
0: Let me get my walker. Um, <laughs> we
2: use the term affection. Yeah. So you know. I like I love my grandma. Who doesn't so. love a grandma? Who doesn't love their grandma? I love that. Yeah. So
0: I think because of my age, I've grown up along with social media. So You know, I remember getting a a computer in my house for the first time at 16 before then I was working on typewriters, believe it or not. And then, you know, MySpace came along and then Facebook came along and then Instagram came along. So I was on all of those platforms as they came out. So I was able to learn and grow with them as those platforms grew. So Mm -hmm. fortunately, I'm not quite too old to have had a big learning curve. I will say my Instagram account is, I turned it into a business account so that I could see insights, mm-hmm. content interactions, things like that. And that was a bit of a learning curve because it's a little bit more involved than your just basic personal account. Right. But it's, in my opinion, very user-friendly.
1: Mm-hmm. And so t- tell me about a little bit more about your process on that. Um, and you know, what are the things that you're doing that work for you?
0: So for me, I like to Obviously, I like to try to post one to two hair photos a week. I like to post a variety of things. I I do a lot of vivids and I do a lot of blondes, but I try to also sprinkle in haircuts or, you know, brunettes, redheads, whatever, Mm because I don't want my page to look just static. I don't want it to be a page of all one thing Um, because I'm capable of doing multiple things and multiple hair textures. So I don't want it to look like I only do blonde balayage or something like that so that helps because people will look at my instagram and say oh well you can handle my hair too um another thing that's been helpful is doing things like giveaways or questionnaires or little i i use my story section almost as like a little comedy section sometimes Mm -hmm. like put little things of humor like levity in there Um, put some jokes put some memes something like that so that lets my audience know who I am as a person, mm-hmm. uh, lets them engage with me to say, oh, this is funny or answer a questionnaire or something like that. Um, so I have people constantly responding to me. And then what's helpful about the business account on Instagram is you can look at your insights. You can see how many people have tapped to get directions to the salon. You can see how many people have texted or emailed or you know shared your work, all those mm-hmm. kind of things. So I can tell from that, what's working and what's not.
1: And so would you say that the results that you're getting are worthwhile on the investment of time?
0: Absolutely. Okay. And I don't feel like it takes too much time. I mean, maybe it does. I feel like as a society, we're always on our phones anyways. But it just it doesn't take me that much time to post a photo or post a story or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the results I get back from that are, have been worth the time that I've spent doing it. Mm
2: -hmm. I think something I'm kind of picking up is that same rapport building you decided to do when you entered the salon is kind of like the same thing you're doing on Instagram with, I love the part where I poke some jokes or I I post some funny stories or I post some funny memes memes because I want people to get to know me, right? Right. It's not just about the hair.
0: Yeah. I don't want it to just be like, you know, hair and hair is the only thing I focus on. I let, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I post photo of my dog mm-hmm. or just something i find hilarious and that lets people know the human side of me i'm not just this hair machine that mm-hmm. just wants to do your hair and take your money like i enjoy the relationship piece of it too i want to get to know my clients
2: let's talk about that for a little bit cuz i think one of the things you know we sometimes you know pick up when we're coaching and working with other stylists is that's a challenge for some people right that ah, it's hard to start a conversation with somebody I don't know, you know. It's hard for me to ask for referrals because I'm a little shy. You know, I have a hard time asking them to rebook because you know, I'm a little shy. Um, and yet, what I hear constantly from you—I shouldn't say constantly—at least a couple times already—is that rapport building was really important, whether it was with your coworkers or whether it's with people online. Um, talk about that a little bit because I think I'm hearing something that's really important there. And yet I think for many stylists, especially new ones, that's probably a weak area, right? Building that interpersonal relationship piece. Did you struggle with that in the beginning? Is that just how you're wired?
0: It might just be how I'm wired, but I will say that the 10 years I spent in EMS dealing Mm. with people in very serious situations probably helped a lot Mm -hmm. because it was a very high-pressure situation in which I was talking to people. And so now it's more of a pleasure to talk to people, right. you know, I can get to know people, but, you know, I've spent a lot of years interacting with others in a professional way. So I think some of it does come naturally to me. And some of it is probably, Vivian. you
2: know, do. spending as much time on Hair Designer TV as I have. One of the things I love about your, your program is you've thought about almost everything, right? If not everything, one of my other favorite series is a designer program. You know, tell us more about that.
3: The designer program is an aerial view of head Designer TV. I looked at the entire content of the thousand videos and I thought if you had to pick the most important techniques and styles, which ones would you put into a new hire training program. So the designer program was designed for new hire, for new talent. But the funny thing is, I have had more senior stylists sign up for it saying, Viv, I never learned that in beauty school. I never learned that in my salon training. So as much as I designed it for young, I've decided it's for young at heart as well. And it's a journey from... Again, the study of face shape, the study of lifestyle, designing from the inside of the head before you get to the outside of the head. It's a study of dressing and finishing skills because you have to learn how to move hair before you remove hair and really understand shape, balance and proportion. Then we dive into a bit of inspiration. Then we dive into the fundamentals of cutting. Where do you stand? Body position angles. How do they function? How do you map a hairstyle to be in control? And how do you do one technique to get one result? How do you become more efficient? We go over the art of razor cutting with the fundamentals, and then we dive into about seven or eight bobs, We go into all the different types of layers from the longest layer to a pixie and then we go into our graduation from our classic graduation to disconnected graduation. By the time you migrate through that you truly are a designer because you understand all of the different techniques from finishing dress work and it takes a basic haircut and it gives it that splash that excitement because you know how to move hair around, you know how to back comb hair, you know how to play with hair and make it really high fashion. So it's a wonderful fundamental course and it's an incredible journey.
1: Hmm. That sounds amazing. And you know, John and I are uh, educational junkies. You know, I could walk into the office on any given day and John's on an online course, you know, then I'll tell him I just purchased this course to learn how to use my camera better. And it seems that people that we meet that are high achievers tend to all have this commitment to a lifetime learning, you know, consistent education. And so it sounds a lot to me like you just painted a picture of what could be my next 12 to 24 to 36 months of continued education, that self-learning, that self-knowledge that really the whole world is touting about right now. So Vivian, I just want to applaud and say, you know, it couldn't be a better time for um the listener you who are listening to check out hair designer tv and go on that lifetime journey of mastery um you're seeing people on instagram you're saying how do i create that look you know let's unpeel the mystery of mastery through checking out hair designer tv as you guys know we have an affiliate link below click your thumb up click the link and get yourself enrolled in a course today so as far as rapport building goes i mean if you were advice giving or if you were just sharing what are some easy ways or some ways that you use to build rapport with people what would what would that be
0: so for me i use humor a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, that works for me break the ice tell a stupid joke or just you know be lighthearted be funny be whatever be yourself i whatever it is that works for you as an individual do that thing i wouldn't say that humor would work for everybody mm-hmm. some people are not comfortable with that but you know let yourself shine through mm-hmm. be genuine be authentic i think people relate to that more than you know like a fake customer service voice or right. somebody that's really you know maybe tightly wound and they're they're just there to do the job and that's it like let yourself shine through like take a deep breath relax a little bit and and have a genuine conversation
2: you know let me ask let me turn this a little bit sideways if I could we talked about things that you know you've done to help grow your career pretty quickly up to a level 3 in you know already 18 months what is some of the things people do as you're watching right and observing what are some of the things new styles do that sabotage themselves does that make sense like what are the things that some of us are doing that you know what that's probably not working for you and, and we don't know it because we don't know any different right
0: i think the biggest thing i can think of is the confidence piece mm-hmm. i know it's scary to be behind a chair for the first time i was there recently
1: <laughs>
0: but i've always been a believer of you know fake it till you make it meaning even if you are freaking out on the inside make sure that the face you're presenting to your client is a confident one mm-hmm. so that way they have confidence in you they don't know that you're scared they don't <laughs> know that you need to go ask somebody a question right they just know that you're going to do their hair mm-hmm. and that's it if you if you let it slip that you're nervous or you know completely terrified that client is going to get Nervous and maybe terrified, and not believe in your skill. So even then, if you deliver a, a great haircut or a great hair color, the client might not be as happy with it because mm-hmm. they think that you're not happy with it. Well,
2: you set them up for that, right? Right. Yeah.
0: You set the tone. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're in charge. When somebody sits down in your chair, you set the tone for the appointment. Mm-hmm. So it's important to be yourself and be confident.
2: What else do you notice that new stylists do that sabotage themselves? Anything else?
0: I would say, I don't want to say not working enough, mm-hmm. but I think you kind of have to put the work in. So you can't expect to build this big clientele if you're only wanting to work three or four days a week from mm-hmm. nine to two o'clock. Right. You know, you're not going to get anybody. You might get one to two clients a day
3: mm-hmm.
0: starting out. Like, you need to be available Saturdays you know, weeknights, stay until 8 p.m. I know you may not want to, you might have something else to do, but for me, it's what would you rather? Would you rather work really, really, really hard at first so that later on your prices go up and you can, you know, not kick back and relax, but maybe not work quite as hard for a good result? Or do you want to continue to struggle in the beginning Mm -hmm. by not working?
2: Yeah, because even using you as an example, eighteen months isn't all that long. No, you know, you have no. already down to four days. Yeah, right.
1: Mm-hmm. Twelve months is a flash. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, if, if, at any age bracket, you know 12 how quick, months is a flash.
2: You know how quickly hair school went by. Yeah, right. And that was a year yeah. for most of us. Right.
1: And even if you did, t- even if for the first twenty-four months of your career, mm-hmm. you said, "I'm gonna bite the bullet." Mm-hmm. We got Liz downstairs. Yeah, you know who the other morning, and I would have loved to have had Liz in this conversation as yeah. well. The other morning, I was here at seven a.m. Mm-hmm. or something, and walking out, and it was it was like seven forty-five or might might have been seven thirty. And Liz was working on a client, mm-hmm. and she's a mom of three. Mm-hmm. She's like you had a, had a life before hair, and you know we laughed when mm-hmm. we saw each other because she's like, oh, God, I always regret you know putting mm-hmm. these appointments on the book, but mm-hmm. but she does it, yeah. you know, she does it, and she's grown really fast, and i think we as an industry have started to accept that okay you don't want to work that hard in the beginning fine you know figure out your thing mm-hmm. and i mean in listening to you you're really you're really um clar- re, clarifying the fact that you do have to put in the work in the mm-hmm. beginning that no matter what you think this thing is going to be up front you don't have clients Mm-mm. and you have to build them mm-hmm. you know and in order to do that there, are not only are there some ways that you can develop rapport mm-hmm. so that you know they're going to come back but you also have to be available mm-hmm. in the beginning
0: you have to be so available and i remember from being in school people would say you know i want to leave school and go be a celebrity hairstylist to go work on film and tv that kind of thing mm-hmm. and i While I'm not saying that's not possible, I think it's more realistic to get into a salon and work really, really, really hard, Mm -hmm. become successful, and then go from there. Mm -hmm. You're not going to step out of school and have this enormous clientele and not have to work. Like, do I want to open my books extra days or come in extra early or whatever? Not always, but you know what? I love doing hair. So even on days that, now, maybe i don't feel like working i still love my job so mm-hmm. it's not that big of a stretch to just you know work a couple extra hours or open my book an extra day
2: right um you know i think and i think we've all seen this happen i've always noticed that the hairdressers that are most the most successful are the ones that eat drink and slept hair for mm-hmm. a period of time mm-hmm. you yeah. know um, they just were in it to win it yeah. and it wasn't forever right it was for a period of time yeah um I want to ask you some other some other things so you're on this road right you've gone down this road of doing um, fashion color right that's a a big thing for you it is uh, just talk about that for a hot second what was about what is it about that that really captured your attention and and with your focus on marketing right with your MBA you obviously put effort and energy into attracting that client base so let's learn about that a little bit I
1: also want to add quickly yeah. That I've had people say that there's no room for fashion color stylists in our area, specifically the area you work in, which I say that you would have to call BS on. So tell me how you've developed that in a really in a uh, environment of all blonde hair. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we
2: live in Georgia where yeah, everybody's blonde right. and a blue eye. And, and Swanee,
1: Georgia. And Swanee's is even extra blonde. Right. <laughs> I'll
0: be honest. I never thought I would have this kind of really? fashion color clientele yeah. in Swanee. I just did not think it existed. But, you know, I, I started doing a couple clients uh, during my time at Aveda fashion colors. And mm-hmm. I just kind of developed a love for it. Because not that I don't love doing foils or balayage or whatever. But when you get your hands in fashion color, it's... You know, Look at
2: the dang smile on your face just saying the word out I know, all it's loud. just, you know, it's like playing
0: with a box of crayons. It's so much fun. Um, and it's just freehand painting. It's mm-hmm. it's a blast for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I never expected to have this kind of clientele in Swanee, but I do. And I think part of the reason for that is because I believe that, say, Instagram is your marketing tool of choice. Mm-hmm. Put out there on Instagram or out there into the world, however you do it, put out there what you want to get back. Mm -hmm. So for me, I like doing vivids Mm -hmm. and I also really enjoy um, doing blondes. Mm -hmm. I think they go hand in hand. You kind of have to know what you're doing with blondes Mm -hmm. to be able to successfully do vivids. Um, So put a lot of that on your Instagram and then people will see your work. And for those that want vivids, they'll go, oh wow, she's good at that or she does a lot of that. And Mm -hmm. so they'll want to see me because of that. Um, and I feel like just the same. If you love doing balayage, put a bunch of balayage mm-hmm. on your Instagram, and you'll see that kind of clientele come to you.
2: You know, we did a podcast a while back. Now it's been a while with the Platinum Draft, and she she's said "Amazing, the, yeah, she's so good." So and good. she said the same thing you said, which is, if you really want to be good at fashion colors, you got to be really good at blondes. You know, they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, so I'm I'm glad to hear that. You know, the the this journey about going into fashion shades, and you know as Chris just said, not thinking, you know, on a side note, you know, I talked to Stevie when we got here and I was like, how are the new, you know, uh, color codes in the computer working? Because we actually had to change the codes in the computer for, you know, stylists like Stevie, because we just didn't, weren't doing a lot of that, that service. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so our, our service codes didn't align to what you were doing, um, which just shows the power that, you got so good at it along with, you know, a couple of other people in our company and drew that clientele in the door that we actually had to update our service yeah, codes. Yeah, to acknowledge it. Yeah. And there's nothing more real life than saying, Oh no, we gotta put codes in the computer yeah, for exists. the service that shows up. <laughs> yeah. So don't say it's not real. Right. You know, because if we're changing service
1: codes, it's real life. We had A couple of years ago, we were talking about really integrating, Mm -hmm. you know, fashion color more. Right. We had people say, "Don't do it because it's so hard to do. It's so hard to maintain." Mm -hmm. If if somebody's listening who maybe is interested in fashion color hasn't gone there yet, um, you know. And one of the things was it fades right out. The clients. How do you prep and talk to your clientele about? What their expectations should be around this? What what did you have a little bit of a learning curve there? The way I
0: approach fashion colors with new clients, uh, we have a very big consultation, and during wicked that, wicked big, wicked big. Yeah. Wicked big <laughs> I learned "wicked" as an adjective
1: today, yeah. not Just to like, be used alone. Nope. Just like the wicked good five star review that you're going to leave after this podcast. In fact, <laughs> you might even do it right now. <laughs>
2: right, do it now. Yeah.
1: Well, well, well.
2: Wait a minute. <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> Go ahead, run it right now. We'll wait. Yeah, we're good.
0: <laughs> so um, the fashion color client requires a big consultation because I want to make sure that they're prepared and fully understand what they're getting themselves into. So my, I have several clients who will come. They're my very best. They'll come see me regularly, every four to five weeks they'll get a color touch-up, meaning just a redeposit of that color. Not necessarily do they need a root touch-up or anything, just we apply that color again Mm -hmm. just to keep it fresh. Um, I make sure that they know that the best way to keep their color looking as good as possible is washing with as cold of water as you can stand because that prevents the color from running. Making sure that they are using professional products, so I will recommend you know, a product line for their hair type that's really good for color. And I always say if you're going to spend the time and money to get your hair done, you need to have good aftercare at home because otherwise if you go put a grocery store shampoo or conditioner on your hair, it's going to strip that color right out and it's, you know, a waste Mm -hmm. of their time and money. Um, Making sure that when they use hot tools, they keep the heat fairly low to keep the color from fading. Um, and I recommend, you know, dry shampoo when possible, if they can skip a few days between shampooing, dry shampoo is a great option, Mm -hmm. but you know, I, I make sure that they know that, um, fashion colors, just like blondes, Mm -hmm. it's a commitment, it's a lifestyle and you have to keep up with it.
1: I like that. It's a lifestyle. I'm curious. Um, you know, God, you're just two years into your career. What? are some of your career goals, uh, like what would you like to happen in the next three years or five years?
0: Gosh, I don't know. I'm so excited. I want to do everything. (laughs) Uh, I think so lately there's been some new stylists that have come into my salon and I've kind of had the opportunity to take them under my wing Mm -hmm. and offer them advice and help about you know, whatever it is that they need help with. And that's been really rewarding for me because not only am I able to help somebody, but it helps me learn how to articulate what I'm doing with hair. Mm-hmm. So I think education might be in my future. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I know I'm, the educational director here, if you you know. Yeah? yeah? You
0: know somebody? I do.
2: I know, I know a guy.
1: Callie, <laughs> she's pretty amazing. Callie yeah. is
0: amazing. Um, so I think that, you know, down the road, that would be something I would like to get into. Um, but I'm one of those people that I kind of like to look at opportunities as they come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say yes to a lot of things just to see what's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, give it a try. If I like it, I'll keep on with it. If I don't like it, then, you know, hey, you tried it once. and.
2: Can I, it. I'm going to ask a silly question. What have you said yes to lately?
0: So uh, today I said yes to doing a hair video, which is completely <laughs> outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I've never been comfortable in front of a camera or really on a microphone. Uh, but that was a very rewarding experience for me to mm-hmm. learn how a hair video is filmed. So learning Chris's process was really cool. Uh, and you know, seeing my work on film, that's really rewarding and neat and having mm-hmm. my model be so excited and yeah, involved right? and every, I mean, it was just a very fun experience that was completely outside of my comfort zone and I'm mm-hmm. glad that I did it.
2: Man, we got you on video and a podcast on the All same day. All in one day. And,
1: <laughs> and I'm feeling the... kind of famous right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and this, you know, I mean, I think we've wanted to talk to you for a while, and and others like you, but specifically, um, there's we talked to a lot of people that came right out of high school. They mm-hmm. knew they were going to do hair. Right. Every now and again, we get somebody on the podcast that came in after having a life before, mm-hmm. and there's the, the fear to go back all the way to how we started this conversation we all have the same fear, right? Mm -hmm. So it's either I'm too young or I'm too old, Mm -hmm. right? I, I- Nobody
2: says I'm just right.
1: Right, nobody says I'm the perfect age. I was the, I knew I was the perfect Mm -hmm. age coming in here. And you know, it's like, I'm too young, I'm too old. Should I be doing this? Can I make a living here? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you're two years in now, do you feel like you can make a living here? I know that was a discussion that we had when we first met. Like is, is this, am I, is this gonna be sustainable?
0: That was one of the most terrifying pieces for me going from, you know, a salaried position
1: mm-hmm.
0: to Not. building a clientele <laughs> and starting from scratch. And I've never worked for a commission mm-hmm. in my life ever. I've never worked a job where I've received tips. Right. So this was a whole new thing for me. Mm-hmm. And that was the scariest thing going, you know, will I be able to pay my bills? Will I be able to make a living? And, I'm finally, you know, the income that I'm getting now is comparable to what I was getting at my last corporate job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I put the work in. It's and been, you're only a level
1: three. And That's you're, right. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. just have, you're scratching the surface mm-hmm. right now.
0: So, I mean, that's pretty exciting. And it's nice to see the hard work pay off. You know, I can look at my numbers. I can see my rebooks. I can see my sales. You know, I can see the areas I need to improve upon. Um, and I almost treat it like a game. Sometimes I get excited looking Mm -hmm. at numbers going, okay, well, you know, here's where I'm at. What can I do tomorrow? What can I accomplish this week? Um, so you know, that fear is gone for me. I know I can make a living doing this.
2: You know, I touch base on something you just said, because our, earlier today I was at the school, at our cosmetology school, and we had a manager's round table and the stylist, excuse me, the uh, students would come up and they would ask questions. What's it like to be in the hair industry? What can I expect when I get a job? Blah, 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 blah. And one of the things that came up in the conversation was that there are some students who are afraid of the numbers, right? Like you guys like, track retail sales and like retention and um, that kind of scares me a little bit uh and I found that interesting for a host of different reasons mostly because I love numbers and I realize that's kind of strange um but I love the numbers and because for me the numbers tell me something and I, I want to know I'm an inquisitive person by nature so the more numbers I see the more I get to know I want you to talk on that a little bit because I think that's true that stylists come into the industry a little afraid of the numbers or there's some apprehension around them or whatever those emotions are you know I'm making stuff up here because I don't have those same emotions but talk about that a little bit if you could
0: absolutely I'm I'm curious that people are afraid of the numbers maybe it's because they feel like they're being watched or judged or something like that but really I think the numbers are I mean they can be your best friend it's a really good tool to mm-hmm. look at real time at what you're doing in service sales, Mm -hmm. retail sales, rebooking, whatever it is, you Mm -hmm. can look at the numbers and it's a hard fact in front of you. If you're successful right now, or if there's an area that you need to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I feel like numbers should be your best friend, like Mm -hmm. keep an eye on them every day. When I clock out, I'll go to my car, I'll pull up our numbers. I'll see what I made in sales for the day. Mm -hmm. You know, I, set goals for myself each week. Mm -hmm. And every two weeks, you know, I want to hit X amount of dollars in service sales and retail sales. Mm -hmm. So I'll look, what did I make today? What do I need to make tomorrow? What do I need to make for the rest of the week? Mm So, I mean, it's really a tool that is so helpful. Uh, And I'm so thankful that we have this at the company Mm -hmm. available to us, because that means that I can take control of my own career. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not waiting for somebody to come tell me what my numbers are, Mm -hmm. tell me what, area I need to work on I can see that for myself yeah right so you can you can look and take responsibility for your own career look at the numbers and go from there
2: I always find it uh, I don't want to say that I was gonna say interesting but I I think what I really want to say is what I notice is that the people who are most successful as hairdressers no matter where they're at are people that watch their numbers uh, I mean everybody we talk to, oh I, I track my numbers, I track my I track my goals, I track my numbers. Yeah. Those or they the at
1: most... le- they at least have goals. Yeah. They, they at least mm-hmm. have a goal that's based around a real mm-hmm. KPI. Yeah.
2: Key performance indicator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? They're yeah. not just tracking likes. No, they're not. You know, they're yeah. they're they're looking at, you but know. The they're... most
2: successful hairdressers at our company, every company, yeah. all the people we podcasted with, every one of them will say to you that tracking their own numbers, yeah. right? not waiting for somebody else to get them for them, yeah. tracking their own numbers and learning that story that it tells them is probably the biggest thing that helps them move yeah. forward.
1: And you don't have to check in on them every single day. You can, yeah. you certainly can, and, mm-hmm. and lots of people do, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to, if you're not a genuinely drawn to numbers as a right. you know person, you just have to know where you're at, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like it gives you autonomy in your career. So Ooh, like as hairstylist, mm-hmm. you know, especially at this company, we're able to make our own schedules mm-hmm. and kind of specialize in things that we are interested in. And mm-hmm. so you can look at your numbers and go, wow, you know, I really need to put some more add-ons mm-hmm. into my services because those add up like crazy. That right. will make or break your paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just really allows you to see where you are versus where you wanna be. Mm-hmm. And we'll let you know what you need to do to get there. Mm-hmm.
1: Love that. I love it too. I feel like we've had a great conversation and we covered a lot of really good topics. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything from the fear piece mm-hmm. and the confidence piece um, into rapport building mm-hmm. and uh, vivid hair color or fashion mm-hmm. colors and, and now talking a little bit about the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious about questions from you. When's
2: the wedding?
0: We're still trying to figure out a venue, <laughs> but, you know, to be fair, mm-hmm. COVID and the the great core kind of mm-hmm. ruined a lot of mm-hmm. weddings last year, so right. Right. it's going to just kind of depend on what's available.
2: For those yeah. of who you don't, who don't know, one day at work, I grabbed Stevie's cell phone and called her dead boyfriend and said, dude, <laughs> let's get going. We <laughs> <laughs> <He> did. <laughs> no, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm just saying I'm taking credit for it. That's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's funny. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I do weddings. So uh, yeah. you know, John does do weddings. Yeah, I do so weddings.
1: Yeah. yeah, you guys could uh, go on Stevie's Instagram and, um, <laughs> you know, give him a give him a. Uh, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's got to be on there somewhere, right? Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can yeah. hunt him down. and Give him a poke. Let's yeah. let's, let's, get, this yeah. let's get this thing rolling. Let's get this thing rolling. Stevie, first of all, again, thank you for being on here. Thank you. Um as we typically wind our podcast down well first of all john I, you know
2: what i like about stevie because you're gonna ask me john what do you think it's yeah what, closing yeah. thoughts today um, what are we leaving on the table um what i'm gonna say is i love the conversation we had with stevie today for a host of reasons one you know i love the fact that she came to this career um a little bit later right So many people would love to do that, you know, and to know that, yeah, you can do it. You You can can do it. it. You can be successful. You can, yes, actually make as much money as you did in your regular job that you had before, right? But you also get to be your own person, right? Mm -hmm. And I love that. Um, I love kind of reviewing that rapport building is Mm -hmm. important. And, you know, I know that sounds silly, but we're hairdressers. There's a person underneath that head of hair, right? And you've got to connect with them. You've got to connect with the people you haven't met yet, which is what you've been doing with Instagram. And then there's a whole bunch of people in the room whose hair you don't cut, but you work with them every day. I
1: love that she mentioned not only that, but the Mm -hmm. rapport building with the team. Yeah. Like your first goal was rapport building with the team. I thought that was awesome.
2: And, you know, to your point, there's a whole bunch of shared knowledge there in those heads, right, in that room. What better place to tap into it than in the very building you're working in? Um, You know, there's so much here. You know, I love us talking about Instagram a little bit and how that's helped you because that's your thing, right, Mm -hmm. and that worked for you. And I also like that you've built a a clientele or building a clientele around fashion colors in a neighborhood that we wouldn't have thought you could have, right? Which just shows the power of putting out into the universe what you really want to do. And obviously you've gotten good at it, so that makes it even better.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Knowing, you know, we have everybody from cosmetology school students on up. Anything you feel like we're leaving on the table or some last words you want to leave us with?
0: Just for people entering the salon or you're in school, I know I know it's hard and I, I know that you might be scared, but stick with it be confident you've got this. And, you know, for the people who have been around, you know, take the newbies under your wing and, you know, show them the ropes. Mm-hmm. Give them some advice.
2: Pay it forward, as they say. Right? Yeah, pay it yeah. forward. Chris, how about you? What'd you get out of today's conversation?
1: Everything you, honestly, everything, I'd be repeating. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything you've said is is accurate. And it, 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 um. I loved sitting here talking to you. This because, was a lot of fun, thank yeah. you. Well, if you've been listening to us for the past two and a half years. Hey, listen, we, we crossed. Oh, we crossed 100,000 listens downloads. this week. Downloads, yes. right, this yeah. week. 100,000
2: downloads. It's amazing. Downloads.
1: And we're plowing past it now. It doesn't even, it's not even nostalgic anymore. Here's
2: what's interesting. We've been listened to 100,000 times. I can't
1: even imagine. Yeah. If you're sitting there in a car or if we're in your earbuds right now, Yeah. How, first of all, thank you, but how? Yeah. I mean, how, like I know, look, John's got a radio voice. I know my voice must get super yours, annoying. Yours is
2: getting better. You're getting that radio tone to it. Thanks. Well,
1: know. I watch Joe Rogan and his like proximity to the microphone, <laughs> and let how me get yeah, and too. he doesn't really open his mouth that much. <laughs> he when really doesn't. He, he, he just kind of like leans into the microphone Got and it. says, "If you've been listening to our podcast and you really enjoyed today's episode, you should leave us a five star review. A wicked." A wicked Wicked good,
2: good five stars. Not just a regular one, because look, anybody can get a regular one. This isn't just any podcast. This is a
1: podcast that
2: deserves five stars. It begs for five. It cries out into the night for five stars. Don't let this podcast out. It's got it's got a you know inferiority complex. So <laughs> give
1: it the five stars it deserves. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you on the next episode.
3: We're too young to talk about. to